drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brewbloods. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. That's for me, Tom Waits. That sounds like a, a very scary character you're trying to do, but I guess that does kind of sound like him. Uh, welcome to episode 80 of Brew Bloods. Uh, yes, we had uh, Tom Waits come in and record that quote just for the show. Very special episode. Episode 80, everybody knows we, we tend to celebrate in, uh, you know, 20s in sure. the podcast land. So we're celebrating episode 80 that we made it this far. And we almost didn't make it this far because Dustin tried to take a sick day today. And if there's one thing that HR does not allow at this company, we allow all kinds of things. Bestiality. We allow random trips to take, you know, to ride on new roller coasters. We allow farm animals in the studio, but we do not allow sick days lots, at this company. Lots of farm animals in the studio. Oh, yeah. Lots. Lots you of don't sheep. Even want, that's why we don't have a video podcast. You don't want to see it. Oh, why wouldn't they? Everybody likes a nice petting well, zoo. Who doesn't like a nice sheep? Well, it's on a secret feed. Let's, yeah. let's just put it that way. Yes, it's on the secret Periscope feed, since nobody <laughs> uses Periscope anymore. Right. Uh, welcome to episode uh, 80 of Brew Bloods. Uh, back on the scene, we're uh, kind of coming down off the high of North Texas Beer Week the last few episodes. I think that was, what, three episodes worth of material there? So Pretty much. kind of coming down on the high. We're coming down off the, the uh, trip to fan high of Thanksgiving, and uh, where we had the meat sweats in each other's arms. And now we're back to our good old... A terrible tainted Bourbon County. That's right, Yes. Um, and uh, we're settling back into the uh, doldrums between Thanksgiving and Christmas. That uh, so, so this is this is more like a regular episode again. It is. It is. It's just that fact, we're. Uh, I'm actually at a different location, as you'll be able to tell slightly yeah. with the quality. Well, that's quality be- audio is pretty good. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty good little audio. Pretty but, good audio. Know, um, I'm quarantined due to my possible infectionness, so uh, Mark did not want to get a uh, fever and uh, clogged nose and everything that I may have. Although uh-huh. you did tweet today that you were standing. In line behind some of the Total Wine that said they were coming down with strep. So. Yeah, so that was uh, that was an interesting scene. So Total Wine, you know, the small little craft beer shop that it is. Uh, I went there today. Um, I was in the area and decided, you know, I need to pick up some beer, need to pick up some uh, whiskey, need to pick up some wine. Support and, the local guy. Yeah, yeah, I got to support the tiny guy, right? Um, although the, the the person who, comp- not complained, but uh, said we should support those local shops, we actually did find a new local shop to go to, Craft Beer Cellar, down True. in Lakewood. It's just that I wasn't in that area today, so I didn't go there, but... Anyways, yeah, so it was a Total Wine today, and I'm standing in line with my multiple bottles of whiskey and wine and beer, and uh, the guy in front of me is telling the customer ahead of me that, he's like, yeah, I think uh, I can tell when I've got strep coming on, and I've got strep coming on right now. He's like, I really need to go to the doctor and get some antibiotics. He's like, at that point, once you get them, I'll only be contagious for 24 hours. I'm like, okay, (laughs) thanks, a-hole, for now contaminating my entire, uh, every single bottle that you touch with your strep. But you're not currently on uh, antibiotics. Yeah, so. but and th- thanks for that. Th- thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thanks for just announcing that to the entire world. I mean, I appreciate the warning on one hand, but now I have to touch all your strep bottles. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Now I'm going to get strep, and I've never had strep in my life. Never oh, once. That, man, that is a brag. It is a brag. It, of course it's a brag. Who? Why isn't that, that? That's something that should be honored. I should have a crown set upon my head for never having had strep. I've been very lucky in this world, and hopefully I will never have it. Knock on wood. As it were. Was that wood? That was yeah, actual it wood. Was. It is actual wood. It's real wood. We're okay, fancy in this house. A, you have we, a real wood table in there. That's right. I, I cut down this tree myself. I hewed this table. I got all kinds of planking and shaving and sandpapers and saws and hammers and wrenches and <laughs> stuff. Pipes and put this table together myself. Handcrafted. Solid. Balsa. Wood. 
Yeah. It's it's a thing. So anyways, sure. you're you're sick. You've got diarrhea. <clears throat> no, well, you know, not not so much that. It's, you got the uh, Las Vegas congested. diarrhea. You got the Las Vegas diarrhea. You got you got the Las Vegas uh, leprosy. Yeah, I did go, you know, I went to uh, Las Vegas with all the dirty, dirty degenerates that do live there and uh, visit there. And, yeah, I picked something up from some degenerate. I'm going to call it the degenerate flu. Um, but I'm going to power through it, like Mark said. I'm out of sick days because I didn't have any. Because well, um, we don't allow so, them. We, exactly, allow, we, so. allow, we allow group, like, orgies. We allow farm animals. Right. Uh, we allow all kinds of things in this office. We do not allow sick days. That is not a perk that you will receive. You're allowed to be off, you know, on non-recording days. Yeah. I mean, but, that, uh, on a recording day, you got to be there. I mean, frankly, that's the only way we've maintained su- success in the show. We've not missed an episode since we started this show, and it's because we don't allow sick days. That's we true. find ways around it. We we go through modern technology, such as uh, smoke signals and Google Hangouts. <laughs> Almost on the same level of technology. So tell me, um, before we get talking about beer in Las Vegas, because last, last time we went, we weren't that impressed, but um, yeah. did you take my advice, and did you always split and double down on twos and tens in blackjack uh yeah i split every two i could and every ten. Uh, so yeah it made a whole lot of sense um and yeah in tens of course i i would split and then double down on each of them and then you know hopefully get like a three <laughs> so i could just lose double the money exactly i'm sure you won all the blackjack i won one sports bet uh did not do great at uh the electronic blackjack did not have a chance to go to the regular blackjack because it was too expensive um I may, uh, next time I go there, I think, as ghetto as it is, I may go to Hooters because they do dollar blackjack tables. Nice. So it may be worth actually trying. Um, but yeah, no. It, Hooters has a casino? Some, <clears throat> yeah, it's right across from the, really? the MGM Grand there. Interesting. And, you know, last time, I did I did all right at the Monte Carlo when we stayed there. Did fine. Went right. over to the MGM. Did not do very well. I think I have a, like a bad some bad karma at the MGM Grand or something because I never do well there. Yeah, I, I don't blame you, uh, and I, I really decry the the fact that uh, the lower income blackjack tables are are going away in Las yes. Vegas. Really, really sucks. You have to go to the hepatitis infected Hooters to actually get dollar blackjack tables. <laughs> Is that where you got the Las Vegas flu from? <laughs> I didn't actually make it over there. Maybe it, maybe I got it from downtown, oh, which okay. I'll mention later. But <laughs> no, I did I did not get it from over there. All right. Uh, well, tell one us- other note, just a little side note, uh, since we did have a. Uh, a bromance in Vegas at the Monte Carlo. I do want to let you know they are going to change the name of that, and they are making it a high-end hotel that'll probably be one of the more pricey ones on the whole strip. It's Motel Six, called the Park, or something like that, the because park. they have a new a new development next to it, and it's next to the T-Mobile Arena where they're going to have uh, hockey ball starting to play there regularly. I guess they're getting a hockey team, uh, so they want to class it up a little bit, and uh, they're going to pretty much ruin my favorite. Low rent, uh, easy access hotel. You're gonna douche it up. Like, what was that one we went to that had all like the disco lights and whatever? It's like, uh, yeah, I think that. Well, I forgot what that was called. Aria? I can't remember. It was the one that connected to the mall. Oh, okay, yeah, I think yeah. it was the Aria. The yeah, par- yeah, so, the yeah, Aria. Yeah, yeah, the Areola, right? Yep. Unfortunately, they're gonna douche it up. So the park. Yeah, exactly. Is it, is it one of those where it's the it's the club that's uh, what is it? Out indoor furniture outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although the park is pretty cool. They opened that up in between uh, New York, New York and there, which was all just construction when we were there. But now it has a bunch of different uh, restaurants and uh, alcohol stops. And they, so, I don't know, classed it up a little bit. What is the park? Is it uh, an outdoor venue? or what Yeah, is it? it's like an outdoor venue. The, the outdoor space between okay. uh, Monte Carlo and New York, New York. But they're going to call, they're going to rename the Monte Carlo the park? It's going to be like, yeah, hotel on the park or something really oh. cheesy. Okay, something so really they're not going to have the park and then the park next to it. 
Right, exactly. Is it going to be spelled with a Q, like the new apartment building next to just down the street it, from our house? It Houses. probably will be, yes. The park in Las Vegas. Guess. That would definitely be my guess. But yeah, that's, uh, you know, overall, good trip, enjoyable. Um, definitely made several beer stops. Oh, uh, that Monte Carlo uh, bar that we went to as well, where it had the ton of uh, different beer taps. Right. That is that is now closed. What? Yep, that is now closed. <sighs> Great. Yeah, they uh, just pretty much boarded up that entire hallway. It said high-end revamp shops are coming, and uh, I guess that was too low rent for the new The Park. That place or, was, like, super hopping every night we were there. I, I know. So strange. You're weird, Las Vegas. So tell us yes, about, uh, outside of that, outside of your... You know, sad Charlie Brown piano as you're walking past that. Um, tell us about your Las Vegas beer experience. Well, the Las Vegas beer experience started uh, actually at the uh, Grand. There was a place called Tap. That was Tap. a that was a sports bar. Uh, you know, they have a few of those around there. Um, so I decided to go in, and or we, it was a place where we went with another couple, me and the wife did, and uh, we were waiting hey on now. them to come over. So we're like, why don't we just go ahead and hang out in here? Because um, you know, the wife was starving, so we stopped in and did that. And uh, decided to go ahead and grab a beer flight there. Uh, the beer flights, pretty much, they broke them down by style. So if you wanted uh, all porters or IPAs or whatever, um, as has been well established, I'm the IPA guy on the show. So you are? I went for that. And, um, you know, pretty much uh, didn't have anything I hadn't had before, but they were all good. It was the, uh, had a Deschutes Fresh Squeezed, had a new Belgium IPA, uh, had uh Firestone Walker uh, IPA and uh, Green Flash IPA. The only one that was different in there, um, at least different to me, I don't remember uh, having this before, is Hop Rising. Uh, I don't know if you've had that one, Mark, but Never it's by, uh, Squatters Craft Beers. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a brewery out of Utah, actually, but uh, it was a really good IPA. It's about uh, 9%, a nice, nice little Imperial Double IPA, and I uh, enjoyed it quite a bit. Was this the music going on in tap? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Would you like an IPA here at tap? It was actually a lot less douchey than it sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. It sounds really douchey. That was pretty much tap. Tap. Yep, tap. Uh, like I said, not not quite as douchey as you would think, but uh, it does sound kind of. Du- you know, that's Vegas though. I'm surprised it's you not know. like tap out. You know, since they're so like, uh, you know, handsy right. handsy with UFC centric. Yeah. yeah. Although I guess they'd probably just have to call it Reebok at this point since <laughs> can't have probably tap out so. anymore. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I also thought it was funny, just a side note at the Grand, uh, Brad Garrett was again performing at his Brad Garrett Comedy Club, so God, it must be it? nice to have an ongoing gig anytime you want there. Yeah, it seems like the guy follows us everywhere. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so after that, uh, the next really, I guess, local beer that I tried um, was one that you... Uh, tried with me as well last time we were there. It was over in the Venetian, uh, and it was called uh, Sin City Beers. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. I remember the logo. Okay, yeah, Sin City Beers has a um, they have a pretty much standard range of things, you know, a stout and amber, uh, that kind of stuff. But the the one I've gotten from them a couple times that I've enjoyed uh, is their double IPA, um, and got it again and enjoyed it. It wasn't quite as good as I remembered, but uh, you know, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I remember just being kind of neither over nor underwhelmed with their beers. I was just whelmed. Um, I was n- not Im- overly impressed by any of their beers, from what I remember. Yeah, I I would agree with that. It felt like they were they had the advantage of of striking early in that city, and they've clearly made a good profit off that. 
And uh, uh, yeah, no kidding. There's several. Don't they have several extensions throughout the city of where you think it's the actual brewery, but it's not. They do. Yeah, they definitely do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that must be nice for them. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> um, up next was actually a uh, a drink in the hotel because we ran by the Total Wine. Uh, total Wine experience was terrible there. Uh, it took about an hour, a little over an hour, um, due to several register issues they had. Uh, they also charged us three times uh, for the same purchase. Jesus. Because uh, twice twice it, they claimed that it failed and we needed to move to another register. Found out it was because uh, Elena had gotten a bottle of the Deep Eddy Lemonade and there was a $2 coupon on there that made it uh, keep failing. We said... How about we forget about that? Uh, it's $2, and we want to get the hell out of here. Uh, so they gave us the $2 discount. However, the three transactions all cleared for $70 each. So Awesome. It's been fun to go back and dispute that. So uh, that has no bearing on the actual beer we bought, though, uh, which the next one up was uh, from Joseph James Brewing in Henderson, Nevada. I uh, don't know if you had them while we were out there, Mark. I don't remember. Uh, they have a beer called the Hot Box Imperial IPA. Oh, yes. Imperial Double IPA. Yes, I did have that. Yeah. And uh, that, I would say, might have been my... Well, that was my second favorite beer I had out there, for sure. Yeah, I remember enjoying that quite a bit, yeah. Yeah, so I, I like that one quite a bit, and uh, if you're in that area, I would definitely grab some of that. Uh, maybe don't go to Total Wine, maybe go somewhere else, but it less, uh, but do run by and grab some somewhere, because they do, they do have it in cans, so it's convenient uh, that you can walk around with it. Uh, anywhere on the strip for anyone that doesn't know as long as you're not walking around with glass you can walk around with open containers it's not a problem uh after that we stopped by a place called diablo's cantina which was in the, it's in the monte carlo for a massive plate of nachos and had a uh, apocalypse ipa there by 10 barrel brewing company um don't know if you know who 10 barrel is mark but uh, nope. i haven't really had much from them uh looking back through my history in fact this i think i only had one other thing from them ever and i don't remember where it was but um not a common one that I've had. It was the one, you know, not standard beer that was on tap there. And I said, why not? It's an IPA. Uh, IPA guy, you know, what yeah. am I going to go for? And I have to say it's one of the worst IPAs I've ever had. <laughs> uh, tasted a lot like uh, cigarettes and death. What was, uh, the, so, what was the name of the beer again? Tim Barrel was what? It's called Apocalypse IPA by Ten Barrel Brewing. That kind of reminds me of uh, what was the one we had that was from L.A. that was um, tasted like wet cigarettes in an ashtray. That was uh, like something Angel, wasn't Angel it? Angel City, something like that. Angel City Brewing or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that, it was. Yeah, they reminded me of uh, yeah, wet ashtray. Yeah, and I, I will give them another shot at some point. They did tweet at me because uh, I made those comments and said if this was too. Bitter and nasty. You should try a different. Uh, they recommended a different beer to try of theirs. So, you know, I'll maybe I'll give their pale ale a try at some point. But I'm, as has been noted on the show, I don't mind really hoppy IPAs. Right. Everything I've noted so far has been double IPA. So I don't really think that's what it is. But not to just run down a particular brewery, but that particular beer I would highly recommend passing on. Uh, so do not do not go for the the apocalypse IPA. Uh, go for go for many other options uh, around town. I would probably go for a Rebel IPA from Sam Adams about ten times before I'd go for this. So sad. Yeah, exactly. Um, to finish it up, uh, we wound up over in downtown. Downtown's a little bit chiller, uh, a little bit uh, more retro. It's it's a pretty cool experience. It's the one that has the zip lines going through the middle of town. Um, and are, are down the main street there. Because nothing says retro like zip lines. 
Well, you know, that's not the retro part, but uh, it does have like all the old school neon signs and, and that kind of stuff. Did it, you hit- it reminds you of old school Vegas for sure. The Golden Nuggets down there. Did you get uh, your so- uh, knees broken just by a mafioso just for fun? For some of that retro fun? He was in a bowler hat and clubbed me in the knees. You he know, said, just to just yeah. to be old school. Uh, I was like, can you treat me like someone out of Bugsy? And they did. <laughs> it's a side tour you can do. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, so there was a little there's a little brew pub or not brew pub, but a little brewery down there. I don't know if they have any distribution. I tried to look up. I don't really see uh, any any distribution. But they're located uh, down there in Fremont, and um, they are called Banger Brewing. Oh, and- you know what? They're the guys that we tried to get an interview with last time, and I even called them like several times and got no response. They're like, oh yeah, uh-huh. we'll have Senior Banger or whoever you know call you back, and got no uh-huh. response last time. Well, uh, I definitely was able to get in there and uh, at least sample their stuff this time. <laughs> so, um, and you know, I, I tried. Uh, it was called a Hot Bang Boom uh, is the name of the beer I tried, and uh, it was it was a really solid IPA. I enjoyed it quite a bit, and I would actually say um, that between that and the uh, Hot Box uh, were probably my two favorite experiences there. Yeah, the reason I contacted them was never having had their beer. I looked up, you know, what are the top breweries in Las Vegas? And so yeah. they were listed as number one. So I called them and uh, was very interested and got no response. I was very disappointed. Well, if we go back uh, together as a pair, we can just go downtown and uh, ambush them because there's someone behind the bar that works there and we could uh, just do a crash interview because they were very friendly. It was very standard beer nerdy type environment uh you know guys with long beards and uh drinking lots of high hopped beers um you know the kind of place that we feel at home in maybe we can wear our pinstripe uh, brew blood suits and if they refuse this we'll just break their knees and just... we'll send the bowler hatted uh bugsy guys over there to take... <laughs> yeah, exactly our warm uh, yeah, warm baby clones it was a pretty cool setup. You know, it's kind of got that standard industrial look, but at the same time, they had a lot of uh, cups full of different types of grains, and I don't know, it was a little, little customized. Uh, I took one photo. Were uh, they just like like a, a random assortment of red solo cups full of grain and hops? No, it's, a, you know, you could take a look on, on our Twitter account if you'd like more clarity. Uh, I don't pay attention to that account. Oh, uh, yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't normally either, but I figured I might as well uh, post a couple of pictures. But yeah, that... That was definitely the best one. Um, it was it was worth going down there too. Uh, they're a little. Uh, you definitely can't bring any kind of outside alcohol to their patio or anything like that. They will. Uh, they do have a guy out there that uh, makes sure to monitor that pretty hardcore, and he will bust your knees. Uh, but outside of that, they they say it's Vegas law. I'm not going to dispute it. I don't. I'll trust that it is. But um, yeah, it was it was overall a really good experience. Hung out there for a little bit, played some cards against humanity, and you know, drank some beer and had a good time. So I enjoyed it. Uh, but yeah, that was that was probably my favorite. Uh, that was that was my favorite IPA of the trip. My favorite local IPA for sure. All right. So would you say you were impressed by the Las Vegas craft beer scene, or not impressed and just found a couple of standouts? I would not say overall it's an impressive beer scene, but uh, it does have a couple of a couple of good ones worked in there. It's, it doesn't seem like a place that a whole lot of people really care to try to expand the craft beer scene. Yeah, it, it, I think uh, I was about to say it reminds me kind of of New Orleans, kind of New Orleansy, where right. people are there to down like five hand grenades and you know show off their butts rather than right. you know pursue a some sort of fine dining or fine craft beer experience. Yeah, now fine fine dining that uh, that that probably is around, but uh, fine craft beer experience, you know, they'll import some dogfish, and you know, you can pay fourteen dollars for that, and that's that should cover yeah. you. They're more interested in splitting twos than, uh, you know, exactly sampling some fine beer. 
Yeah, exactly. They're more they're more interested in you throwing a thousand dollars down per yo bet, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, it's unfortunate that you uh, got the Las Vegas uh, leprosy, but you know, yeah, you know, it it's, happens. It's the way it's the way it goes. It's the price you pay for uh, winning all those hundreds of dollars that you won. That's and, the new thing, you know. Instead of if you can't pay them, instead of breaking your knees, they infect you with something because <laughs> exactly. it's a little more subtle. All right, well, uh, let's get on to our beer, uh, beer of uh, episode eighty here. Um, we're going to take on a brewery we haven't. We've done we haven't done McKellar either, but we've talked about McKellar before. Um, but this time we're going to take on Evil Twin Brewing um, out of New York, I think, officially by way of Copenhagen. Evil. When we talk about flavor, we typically think only of our tongues, but flavor is comprised of two sensory systems, the tongue, where we perceive taste, and the nose, where we perceive aroma. And thanks to our biodiversity, we all sense things a little bit differently, which often leads to a wide range of opinions on your favorite beer. The tongue is one of the systems we humans use to push ourselves towards desirable foods and away from dangerous ones like rancid food or poison. The sense of taste is so important that it has three paths to the brain in case there's a failure along one of those paths. The tongue has about 10,000 taste buds, with a few also sprinkled throughout other parts of your mouth, such as in your cheeks and esophagus. Each taste bud has between 50 and 100 taste receptors that recognize certain molecules in food, and as we age, the number of receptors decline. This is why many elderly have a lack of appetite and a lack of interest in food. This in turn leads to fragility and poor health. Back in the 19th century, we used to think that five different areas of the tongue perceive the different basic tastes, but science has since proven that most of the tongue is perceptive to all the basic tastes. Sweet, sour, salty, bitter, and umami. Sweet receptors were used in evolution to point us towards things that had a lot of nutritional value. In the modern era, this has proven troublesome for our bellies as a sweet taste is always available, and our brains still think we should have this. The ability to detect a sour taste allows us to detect acidity as well as ripe or spoiled food. Salt plays a crucial role to many internal processes that require sodium and potassium. And let's face it, salt tastes really good. Despite the fact that we like hops, bitter senses are used to avoid potentially dangerous toxins like cyanide. But bitterness is a rainbow and there may be more at work in the brain. Umami translates to pleasant savory taste in Japanese, and its job is to point out savory flavors, which are recognized through receptors looking for glutamate, which is an amino acid used to synthesize protein. The tongue can also perceive other sensations that are not lumped in with the basic tastes. Spiciness, pungency, coolness, numbness, astringency, metallics, calcium, fat, temperature, and starch. But taste is only one half of the flavor equation, as our noses also play a crucial role, as we'll find out next time. So today we're talking about Evil Twin Brewing of New York. Uh, originally, um, the the Evil Twin in question is I'm going to say it's Jeppe uh, from Copenhagen. His brother is uh, Mikkel uh, Bjergso, out uh, who is most famously known for making the uh, Gypsy Brewery or creating the Gypsy Brewery, McKellar. And uh, sure, probably the he's McKellar. Mikkel is probably the more famous of the two, of the twins, but Evil Twin is. Um, Jeppe is definitely making a name for himself, uh, at least in the United States. I can't really speak for Copenhagen, but funnily right. enough, they were both school teachers, and they both decided to leave uh, teaching uh, young minds for brewing, and they hate each other. 
they uh, they really don't like each other. Well, they both they both entered brewing, which is a <laughs> funny little twist of uh, fate there. But yeah, so hence the name Evil Twin. Yes, yeah, hence the name Evil Twin. Uh, probably has. I, I hope if he's he's adhering to Star Trek tradition and he has a, a goatee like Spock and Mirror Mirror. For all you nerds <laughs> out there, be, has to be the one hundred percent opposite. Yes, for sure. absolutely. Um, I will say that every time, and this is like one of those. Everybody has those like little mental hitches, you know those those things you just get stuck on every time. And this is I don't know when this commercial originally came out. It was sometime in the early two thousands. But every time I hear the name Evil Twin, I can't help but think of this Coors commercial. I love playing two hand touch, eating way too much, watching my team win with the twins. But, twins, but yeah, the, the twins <laughs> like that's been stuck <laughs> in my head since the butt. Ra- that, like that commercial came out at the height of butt rock. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Nickelback was reigning supreme. Uh, probably puddle of mud or some others. But yeah, it was the height of butt rock, and that song came. That commercial came out with the twins. And so every time I see Evil Twin, it's just it, like rings in my head. Evil Twin. <laughs> it's yeah, like no, no, I understand. I that came to my mind as well. The Bjergso twins. So every freaking time, it's like it's like some weird sickness in my head. I can't I can't help it. Uh, it's okay. They do a lot of different beers. Um, although they do, I I know they get a lot more. Funnily enough, back in Copenhagen, back in Denmark, than we do. Our pal Stefan, who's going to be here at the end of the month, uh, has vowed to bring us some of the biscotti, the Imperial biscotti break, oh, okay. uh, which is very highly rated. I think it's like something like uh, upper nineties for that beer. Um, but they make uh, quite a quite a few beers, and we get a number of them here in the states. I don't know how how much the rest of the United States get, but here in Dallas, we get things like the uh, Sunshine something or other. We get the Molotov cocktail, the Citrus Sunshine, the Molotov cocktail. We get the Light Molotov. Uh, we get the uh, Christmas Eve at a New York City hotel ballroom or hotel room. Sorry, and uh, we get a couple of others. We don't get a lot a lot of their beers, but we get an okay representation of them. Yeah, so I was going through this list, and I just can't. I don't recognize really many of these. Like you said, the uh, Christmas Eve at a New York City room, a uh, hotel room, I do recognize. But I like even the Evil Twin Yin, uh, the Twin Yang, Molotov cocktail, even more Jesus. I mean, I don't recognize any of these. But the Molotov cocktail is they um, had it. They have it on it actually right now. Uh, Whole Foods Park Lane. Um, oh, okay. I had it today. They it's a really dank IPA, Imperial IPA. Interesting. Yeah, it's like uh, I want to say it's like somewhere around thirteen percent ABV. Yeah, 13, but it's, it's yeah. imperial and it's dank. I mean, it it's like drinking some weed. Oh, okay. But I do. I will say, I, so it's probably I, tasty. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do like about this brewery. He's a little more playful, at least as far as names go, than McKellar is. Um, he's a little like he has a beer called Soft Dookie that uh, yeah. you know rates at three point eight five. Uh, which is uh, an imperial stout. He has the uh, "I love with you, love you with my stout," which we're going to talk about today, which is an imperial stout. And uh, he has the even more Jesus. He has the Molotov cocktail. He's just uh, a little more whimsical um, in his right. naming, which is probably appropriate for having a goatee and being an evil twin. 
That is very true, yes. So he is the evil twin. He is the evil twin, yes. No, oh, perfect. Yes. I, I didn't know if he hated his other twin so much that he called him the evil twin. I mean, maybe if, if he embraces being the evil twin. But if you really are the evil twin, do you really consider yourself the evil twin, or is it really the other twin is always the evil twin? I would think it's always the other twin's the evil twin. But I guess he recognizes that having a goatee, that must make him the evil twin, because if you have a goatee, it means you're evil. Right. The presence of facial hair in, <laughs> indicates uh, a villainous nature. That's why we're so evil. Exactly. Exactly. We're we're the bearded guys with the fail smiles on the <laughs> on the Twitter feed. <laughs> yes, we're we're very extremely evil. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, most everything they have is, or most everything they have. The, their top ten beers are all very highly rated. Uh, Three point five nine to four point oh nine, which you know is basically around the range of eighty seven to ninety nine to a hundred, uh, based on the rate beer scale. So. You're not. You're going to be doing pretty well with any of these, uh, any of their top beers and their most rated beers, which to me means they're probably the most available. So uh, that gives an overall impression that this brewery makes some pretty good stuff. And one one other hit before we get move on to the review, one, you know, one other hitch in my brain. I'm just going to mention here. I'm going to I'm going to do my impression here in a second. But there's the Evil Twin Falco IPA, which when I see uh-huh. the name Edie Falco, another mental hitch in my brain is I have to do my impression of Edie Falco from The Sopranos. And my entire uh, impression... What character would you be talking to when you do this? Uh, uh, well, uh, mostly Tony generally, or uh, perhaps a character known as Furio. Yeah, um, you know, I thought Furio might Furio. make an appearance. Um, called out his name, and uh, my impression consists of the following. Three, two, one. Furio! See, that's better than I thought. I thought you were just going to say, Hi, I'm Eddie Falco, just in your No, no, voice. no. No, it's, it's an actual impression. Oh, or, okay. Tony! You know, I I have a very wide range of impressions, and most most of them yes. consist of uh, Edie Falco yelling. impressions and yelling. Yeah. Fiorio. Oh, it's always yelling. She always, she does nothing but yell on that show, but it's always Fiorio. Uh, Marco. There's there's a there's a one of the episodes and they're playing Marco Polo, and it's always Marco. Oh, uh, Fiorio. Tony. So, so there, there ends my career as an impressionist. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will not be getting on Johnny Carson with my limited impressions of Edie Falco. So we cut off the comedy right there, and then we go back to the beer talk right here. So we just Three, so they know for the two, time life when they're when they're making that one back to beer. Yeah, exactly. So Evil Twin Contract Brewer, I'm taking it. I don't know that for a fact, but just taking a look here, considering everything was brewed at Two Roads Brewing or Westbrook Brewing, I'm assuming they're contract brewing everywhere. I, I think so. I, maybe they maybe they are a Gypsy Brewer too. I, I don't honestly yeah, know. You're really I you're say the, based on that. You're the researcher on this show. You should know this by now. Well. Maybe I'll talk about that whenever I actually talk about Evil Twin Brewing and its founding. Maybe if you weren't so damn sick, you would have done a little research for the show and actually served it right and told us whether they're a gypsy or uh, a normal brewer. That's true. I forgot to do that. I feel like we should just scrap this entire episode right now. We know nothing about Evil Twin except that he has a goatee, and I do a really good Edie Falco impression. (laughs) Which has everything to do with Evil Twin. Absolutely. And you got to think of your Coors commercial. Sorry. Twins! (laughs) All right, well, right after this, we will get on with Evil Twin. We'll grow our own goatees. We'll stroke each other's goatees with the I Love You with My Stout. Twins! Evil Twin Brewing is a gypsy brewery originating in Denmark. Founded in 2010 by Jeppe Jarnett Beardso, a former school teacher, Evil Twin produces limited edition and one-off beers, as well as a series of seasonal and year-round beers available internationally. Evil Twin says, quote, We are so much in love with good taste, all the beers from Evil Twin are prepared in 10 of the best breweries around the world, exclusively handpicked to please you with delicate, funky, extreme, and by all means rare flavors. Maybe not the easiest way, but certainly the most fun. Unquote. 
Evil Twin Brewing is opening its first standalone brewery and taproom in 2017 in Ridgewood, Queens. The space will be located at 1616 George Street in Ridgewood in a former banquet hall and will provide nearly 10,000 square feet of production room. And it will also provide an additional 4,000 square feet for a taproom and outdoor area. This new space will allow the team to be able to brew 5,000 to 8,000 barrels of beer while still producing beers with other breweries it has contracts with currently. So the BJCP for an Imperial Stout. Overall impression is that it should be uh, intensely flavored big dark ale with a wide range of flavor balances and regional interpretations. Kind of generic. Very generic. I just knocked over the uh, I love you the must out bottle right there. Oh, so, okay. Did you pour it all over the place? Uh, fortunately, the bottle was empty. It was all in my glass. Oh, okay. The, the ABV on this is 12%. ABU is none. Should be served in a snifter. And the description of this beer is it's a very haughty description when you compare it to his beer names. But... The only description that is from Jeppe Bjergso, he said, When I copied the famous Even More Jesus, I had to ask myself as an artist, why am I doing this? I didn't honestly know. It was just an instinct about beer as pure form. In a sense, the stout is like a metaphor for freedom, the sum of all the beauty that surrounds me and my perfect contemporary existence. Wow. That's that very haughty. He is the evil twin. <laughs> that is very haughty. <laughs> now... The ratings do reflect that uh, perhaps the haughty tone did deliver a uh, a really good beer because Beer Advocate gives it 92 out of 100. Uh, Rate Beer gives it 99, 99 overall and 87 in style. And Untapped, right right on the precipice of four at 3.99 uh, out of five. So let's start with uh, Aroma. Uh, it should be rich and complex with variable amounts of uh, roasted grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hops, and alcohol. The roasted malt character can take on coffee, dark chocolate, or slightly burnt tones and can be light to moderately strong. And I would expect with a big imperial stout uh, like this, and especially with the high alcohol content, we should probably get just a snootful of uh, snout. Just just right in your face. Just all in your just a, an explosion in your face. A snoot snoutful. Surprisingly, though, when you take a big whiff, I know you're clogged up with the Las Vegas uh, leprosy there. Yeah, but I was going to say, I'm going to have to more, more rely on you, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not a strong smell there. I mean, it's pretty much straight up. If you smelled a Guinness, you smelled this beer. I was going to say, I get maybe a hint of alcohol aroma, but that's about it. I mean, it's very very strong. It's very much a standard stout smell. Now, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that what I don't see here is anything bold, at least aroma-wise. It's not like, wham, there's something. It's not like, uh, you know. Nothing bold within your uh, perfect existence. It's not doing a boom, boom in my nose. Uh, there's no wham dancing on the tip of my nose there. Uh, it's just, just it's just standard stout. Doesn't drop a deuce of aroma. No, there's no there's. It's not like a deuce in the night uh, in my nose. It's uh, it's just a standard stout. There's not that's not, not revved up a bad like thing. A yeah, it's not revved up like a deuce in my nose. It's well, just okay. it's just a standard stout. It's not a bad thing. It's just it's just it is what it is. It's 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 stout. I have smelled a Guinness, so I'm going to compare and say. Uh, I at least know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's nothing. Sp- I'm, I'm treating it like I am the listener since I can't uh, fully embrace the aroma. And uh, you did a good job, Mark. You made it relatable to me, the common man listener. Ah, I appreciate it. That's what I strive for is is just working my way down slowly to the common man level. <laughs> uh, I know you got to come down from your perfect existence. I know. Level. I got those, these lofty peaks in which I reside. <laughs> now the appearance uh, color may range from very dark reddish brown to jet black. Definitely going to be opaque, being a, uh, a stout. Deep tan to dark brown head. Generally has a well-formed head, although head retention may be low to moderate. I got to say, for this beer, it's, it pours a nice tan head, and boy, does it retain. Uh, I was very surprised. A lot of the beers we've had lately, when they talk about head retention, 
have fizzled out or have a very thin ring of head on them. And as someone who, res- who respects and enjoys good head, this beer sure. has some good head. It's a, it's, it's very, uh, this might be the best head we've seen since that last Peter North video we watched together, well, hand in hand. That's true. Well, yeah. Or anything going on with the farm that we can't talk about right, uh, yeah. on this show. But, um, you know, it, that's kind of funny because I, I, too, have a snifter, and uh, I did pour it into it. And I know it's a snifter that you're well aware of, Mark, uh, since it is one from Lakewood. Uh, we both have plenty of these. And I would say the head retention's decent. It's decent. It's not uh, not quite as good as it is with yours. Um, maybe you poured it incorrectly because on mine I have about three fourths of an inch of head on this, which is pretty good little head. Pretty good it, little head. It's it's better than most, but I just wouldn't say it's like over the top crazy like uh, like you're noting. At least not the one I did. It definitely reminds me of a proper um, in some ways a proper Guinness pour. Uh, it's yeah. got its knife knife <laughs> knife knife velvety smooth uh, head on it, which is. I, it, I, I'm not a little chocolatier looking than uh, than a Guinness is too. So I actually yeah, kind of like this one. It is. I, I'm just saying. I'm very. I'm not usually impressed by Beerhead, but uh, I'm impressed sure. by this one because it's just it's a standout amongst our recent beers. Yeah, absolutely. Now the most important is of course flavor and mouthfeel, and it should be rich, deep, and complex, and frequently quite intense with variable amounts of roasted malt grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hot bitters, and flavor. And alcohol with medium to aggressively high bitterness. Mouthfeel should be uh, full-bodied and chewy. With a velvety, luscious texture, so I'm expecting that. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be more like, um, just a little more on the darker, bitter side of stouts. Sure. Uh, just judging, just just taking a random wild guess here. Uh, maybe more like a, a. I expect it to be boozy too. Yeah, like an old Rasputin or something like that. It is twelve percent. Um, yes, and probably going to be a little bit boozy at twelve percent. Absolutely. Right. Man, there's some alcohol flavoring in there. It is, but it's not as boozy as you would think. There's definitely some bitterness in there too. Yeah, and that bitterness I, I, is not I would coming. Say it's uh, closer to the aggressively high than it is the medium. If I had to pick, it's it's pretty. It's got a pretty good little bit of bitter in there. It is. It's it's not coming from the hops. I mean, there's no IBU in this beer, so whatever they're using to make this beer, it's definitely lending that bitter quality that uh, you would normally get from the hops. Wow, it's a yeah. really it's a really. Um, Oh, what's the right word for it? Uh, bitter. <laughs> thank you, bitter. Uh, but it's it's like almost like a cigarette. I mean, it's it's uh, it's like a uh, yeah, in a way, of, yeah. in a way, I, I it's, it's, it's tobacco ish. It's it kind of reminds me of an American spirit cigarette in a way. It's a little more uh, raw, and <laughs> those uh, are super raw. Yes, yeah, just a little more, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not wet cigarettes like we saw with uh, Angel City Brewing. Right. Um, it's not wet cigarettes. It's like, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an American spirit in flavor. That's not necessarily a bad thing if you enjoy a cigarette at 2 a.m. You know, maybe like a really, a really j- like dry baker's chocolate or something, too. Like, it's got, it's just got that, it's got like that unsweet, bitter chocolate taste to me a little bit. I, I don't know. It's just, it, it, I think the stout flavorings always, you know, kind of remind me of chocolate anyway. Uh, it's just like a, it's just that intense bitterness. If you had absolutely no sweetness involved at all, like if you just ate a brick of the stuff you uh, you could buy at uh, Walmart, not the back of the shelf frosting, but uh, the baker's chocolates they have. Man, it's just, it's interesting. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just interesting the way it comes across. Yeah, it's definitely. There's not a lot of sweetness here. It's like if you took the base of a Guinness, appropriately so, given the you know uh, how classic of a stout that is. And then he just started chunking in like 
charcoal or cigarettes and you just like decided to grind up an American spirit, a pack of American spirits. It's not okay. It's not like a it kind of reminds me appropriately so of the quote that Johnny B provided us of Tom Waits. It kind of reminds me of Tom Waits' voice. It's like <laughs> at first you're like, "Eh, do I like this?" And then you get into the body of it and you're like, "I like this." And then you smash it on the ground like Thor. Um yeah. but I kind of like that. I got to say kind of like this beer. I I don't normally uh, well, it, it, it takes a turn. Like Angel City takes a yeah. turn where it goes from American spirit to, uh, you know, wet cigarette in a hot, a hot garbage pile. Like well, that, that. Yeah. Like if you're if you're living on the streets and you found a gutter cigarette, yeah. Yeah. and you try to smoke it. That's you, that's what that was. You like. found you found like half of a Lucy. But see, the interesting thing is they they note Sierra Nevada Narwhal as a commercial example of the style. I would not say it's anything like that. No. Um, I would also say it's not like Narwhal is uh, far more sweeter great, than this is. Yeah, the Great Divide Yeti Imperial Stout sweeter. Uh, this is probably the most bitter of any of these examples. The Bell's Expedition. Uh, I don't. I haven't had the Cigar City, uh, the Cigar City one, but um, just all these other ones. Uh, they, they do mention Old Rasputin. That's probably the one that's closest to. I would say. Yeah, I agree. Examples here. I, I think it's it's almost. I don't want to say clone because it's been years since I've had Old Rasputin, but. Yeah. Uh, it most reminds me of Old Rasputin for sure. Yeah, it's it's very similar to Old Rasputin Imperial. If anybody's had that out there, which you should have, if you're listening to a crap beer podcast. Now, going over some of the user reviews from Rape Beer, which by the way, our inside sources tell us that Rape Beer is maybe dying slowly. Um, which actually, to me, is unfortunate because I, I prefer it out of the two the two beer rating sites. Yeah, if you uh, Untapped is the most is is the best. Uh, but out of the, just the two regular sites, I, I like it the best. The thing is, people don't tend to comment on Untapped; they just tend to log. Right? Um, yeah, exactly. That's that's what I like about Rate Beer. And people are re- apparently really unsatisfied with Beer Advocate, and then Rate Beer apparently has the best. I think it has the best user generated content, but apparently they may be on the way out. So we'll see. Interesting. But uh, Arome, this one guy from Dorkenstein says Rome was a peat, balsamic vinegar, alcohol, and charcoal ash. I would say charcoal ash is probably appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily taste balsamic vinegar there um but definitely charcoal ash uh peat and and dark chocolate i I get that yes uh soy sauce i don't get that at all i think maybe uh, you say soy i almost makes me think he had a bad beer like he had an infected beer yeah i don't get soy sauce at all uh charcoal char i get uh dark chocolate and uh and peat i get all of that um, but yeah, soy sauce and balsamic vinegar. I'm with you. I don't. I don't get either one of those. It's like if you took um, a, like a West Virginia uh, or a Kentucky mine, a piece of charcoal from there. You mix it up with a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of stevia, and you popped it in your mouth. Just crunch down on that uh, charcoal <laughs> nugget. That's kind of what this beer is like. It's not a why bad thing. Yeah, I mean it's it's a regular snack in my house. Right. Uh, Coke Monkey says um, he says it's sugary, which I don't agree with. I don't think it's sugary at all. No. And he says uh, natural cinnamon stick, pumpkin spice, cocoa, whiskey barrel, and grass. Uh, I'm gonna say I disagree and, with Coke Monkey and condensed milk. Yeah, I, I don't get it. Maybe it's all the cokey head. It might be that that constant blood streaming from his uh, nostrils. Um, it's he he describes it more as like a sweeter beer than it is, and it's definitely not a sweet stout. It's definitely more of a um, thicker, you know, more acidic, uh, bitter stout. Yeah, yeah, a medium dense brown sugar. I mean, no, I don't see that at all. No, it's like he's describing just something like it's like he's. He's the evil twin for this beer. He's tasting like the alternate dimension of this beer, and that's not what that is. Now, now did you get Stefan on the line so he can read the last one from Malmo? No, no. I just want to say, I, you know, being a native uh, Dane, I, I'm gonna. I have to say, I agree with this last guy, Alilja. 
He said, Flaska Fran Galatea, Smakoch Dost, Afmork, Flurfer Chocolate, Kladaka, Cafe Lacritz, Lacra Special, Brunt Soccer, Rund Ochlin, Kraftful, Nagar Kregnig, Tor Lagum, Sofna, Finbeska. Got! Now, do you agree with that? Uh. Only with parts, not 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 the complete sentence, but uh, he definitely had a couple of he or she definitely had a couple of high points. I, I don't know that I agree with Nagar Kramjik, but you know when he when when he or she says Finbeska, yes, absolutely, I agree. I don't know about Brunt soccer. Yeah, I Brunt, Brunt I'm soccer. I, of that. No, no, no. I'm more more of a Brunt football. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's more my that's more where I view this beer. Sure, uh, I totally against the Flasca from Galatea, but you know. Twitches up football because that's what created the course twins. Exact twins. So yeah, you know. Otherwise, uh, what was your point of living at the time? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just lived for that commercial. Nothing else. <laughs> All right, ratings. Ratings. So I didn't know exactly what to expect uh, from this beer. Um, you know, I'm not the stout guy. I'm the IPA guy. Mark's the stout guy. Am I a stout guy? I feel like we we're neither of us is the stout guy. No, that's true. I feel you're, like I'm you're a poorer guy. I guess you're the darker well, beer guy. Then. I'm the darker beer guy, which I guess, yeah. as a subsection of being darker beer guy, I guess stout would follow in that. You become a, the stout guy as yeah. a subsection of my life. Stout there guy does go. fall in that. It's like, it's like if if I'm the Justice League, stout guy yeah. is in there in the team for sure. But I also He's have bourbon. Your team, yes. yeah. I have uh, I have bourbon barrel guy. Um, I've got uh, other dark beer guys. <laughs> I can't think of right now. You got Porter guy. Porter guy, Imperial yeah. Porter guy, Pumpkin Ale guy. Yeah. Uh, there's a number of dark beer, um, you know, fanatics in my little superhero team. But I, right. I don't often reach for the stouts anymore, just a pure stout. So, well, interesting. But I guess a being dark beer guy means I'm stout guy. Exactly. Then I'm stout guy. So, that being said, Mark is stout guy. So, it's 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 less likely to be in my, uh, in my range of my preferred uh, palate. But... Um, this one's interesting. It do, it does taste a lot like an old Rasputin, uh, which is one of the first stouts that I actually had a long time ago, and I did enjoy it at the time. Um, and this one, this one tastes very similar. Uh, when I do go for these type of stouts and and porters and, and that kind of thing, when I go for darker beers in general, uh, I tend towards uh, probably a little sweeter than this. Uh, they don't have to be chocolate, but not not quite as edgy as this normally. Um, and when I go for IPAs, I do love the harsh IPAs. Um, the hoppier, the better. I love the doubles uh, right before they go triple and get sweeter. So it's I definitely don't have a problem with harsh bitterness. Uh, I do like that. I'm just not as big of a fan of it in the uh, in the heavier dark beers. Um, this particular one, though, I will say, even though I called it a heavier dark beer, uh, the thickness is pretty solid. It's not or pretty good. It's not it's not overly heavy. It's not real weighty. It's not too chewy or rough or anything. It's 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 got a good balance to it. Uh, far supreme uh, to a Guinness for sure. Uh, if someone's going to just compare it to a standard stout that everyone has had or can at least have access to, um, <clears throat> amazingly enough, after saying all this about it, uh, I may reach for one of these again because um, as it warms, uh, as I continue to drink it, and as it warms, I feel like the uh, harsh edge tends to fall off a little bit, and it's bringing out some of the uh, some of the smoother underlying flavors of uh, more of your standard stout that's not quite quite as edgy. And uh, the booze is hidden really well in it, too. Uh, I figured at 12%, there's definitely a shot that it could have been real boozy. Uh, not that I'm necessarily against that, but I prefer it to be a little more balanced. And this one does a good job of balancing it. So, overall, I was much more impressed with this beer than I expected to be after the first sip. Uh, I had no expectations going into it, but uh, after the first sip, uh, I was like, "Yeah, this is this is actually starting to balance out quite a bit." 
Uh, I would suggest uh, let it warm up just a touch. I would suggest giving it, uh, you know, at least half a glass or more before you judge it. Uh, but based on that, I'm actually going to give this stout a 4.25 out of 5. I have to agree a lot with you because one thing I was about to say was as this beer warms up, um, I'm noticing more flavors. And that's a good thing because it's revealing itself. It's uh, pulling back the kimono a little bit <laughs> to show it's entertained. And uh, I'm getting a little bit of cherry taint there and a little bit of sweet cherry on the back end, which is nice. It's definitely a better beer. It's showing under boob and uh, right. under ass. A little, little side boob on it. Um, the bottom of the butt cheeks. It's showing you the taint without showing you the, the, the rest of the package, as it were. Right. Just, just, the, just the gooch in the middle. Um, but it's, it's showing a lot more uh, behind it, which is nice. Because I would say you absolutely need to give this beer time to warm up. And I would say take it, you know, to have a couple of swigs. When you first pour it from the bottle, fresh cold, for sure. And then can give it about 15 minutes to warm up. And maybe, uh, you know, set it beside a fire, uh, maybe stoke a fire, sit there and, you know, put on your velvet robe, your smoking jacket. Put it on uh, a hot plate. Put it on, yeah, put it on a hot plate. You'll notice some new flavors there, which is nice. It's good to see. It's it's a really cool thing. Cool, as Rory Gilmore likes to say. It's cool. Uh, it's a really cool thing to see the beer warm up. And, and to reveal a whole new palette of flavors, which is nice. I mean, watching but, it's not that fun, but the but the taste. Right. <laughs> yeah, we sat here and stared at it for a good 15 minutes. That's the magic of the show. Is we, sat on a, we sat at a hot plate. We each had a hot plate, and we sat and watched it warm up. We, we got it. We, hot plates at the same time. We got it to a nice uh, rolling boil right. <laughs> on the hot plate. Uh, I'm going to give this beer... The, my, my name for this beer is Last Call Casualty, because to me, this beer is like... First of all, 2 a.m., you're at some just absolute dive of a sports bar and you're going for that last call casualty you're taking your first drag at 2 a.m on that american spirit it tastes so good this beer like masks the booze so well you're on a that that dangerous precipice you're about to fall over and probably need an ambulance like i may have been may have been guilty of uh you know my 35th birthday um you're gonna you're gonna settle up next to that uh, last call casualty the bar that sheila sauvage Everything seems so right with that uh, with that beer, and then the ABV hits you, and you wake up the next morning, and you're like, "Oh my god, what did I do?" And that's not a knock against the bar or against the beer. It's it's just the fact that it seems so right and it tastes so good at the time. You're like, "Why do I only have three American spirits left in my uh, shirt pocket here?" That's right, and yeah, and why why am I waking up with three condoms on my head? <laughs> Right. It's just the way it goes. And one's still on. What's yeah. going on here? Yeah. It's just the way it is. I have condoms in my hands. I've got condoms on my junk. I've got condoms on my head. I've got one condom on one toe <laughs> right. and a dental dam plastered to my face. And that's just the way it goes. And that, but this you're is, alone. That's the weird part. Yeah, but you're alone. Yeah. Sheila Sauvage, you were too weird for Sheila Sauvage. She fled the scene, <laughs> the scene of the crime. But that it feels right at the time. And that's what this beer is because it masked the booze so well. 12% ABV. I honestly, it's not that boozy at all. For twelve percent, you don't the, the the booze is very minor here, and that's why it's a threat. It's it's a minor threat, but it's a threat. Uh, and so I applaud um, I applaud Jeppe uh, for I think I think it's a damn good stout. I think it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, um, I love his beer names, and I think it does it does a damn good representation of what it's trying. Now, not a super uh, just pure stout fan, but I think it's. Um, well, well represented for what it is, a decent successor to Old Rasputin, because Old Rasputin's kind of played out at this point. But uh, a damn good job. Um, I love the way it reveals more Old flavors. Rasputin's as still on the market. 
It is. It is. I'm just saying it's kind of played out in a lot of ways. Um, but I love the way it reveals new flavors as it warms up. Much as you, uh, you know, as you warm up a lady, you might find some new flavors there at uh, about 3 a.m., 3.30 at the bar. So uh, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go spot on, point on, uh, match set with you. I'm going to give it a 4.25 out of 5. Giving us a final score of, from the Las Vegas Leper. Brr. <laughs> 4.25 out of 5. All right. Well, thanks for listening to the show. And thanks for all your support. Thanks for listening to episode 80 of Brew Bloods. I'm We've, impressed that you were able to do that math in your head. I know. I That's why they call me the Albert Einstein of beer. You were able to add 4.25 and 4.25 and divide it by 2. That's right. That's right. Um, thanks for uh, thanks to Johnny B for the quote. Really appreciate it. Uh, he helped... Uh, he not only helped us with the quote, he helped us get uh, Tom Waits in studio just to Great. issue that quote. If you do us a favor, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It would uh, help us. It helps uh, other people find us. If you have a friend that enjoys craft beer, that enjoys podcasts, enjoys audio, enjoys hearing things, uh, point him in our direction. We'd appreciate it. Just go to BrewBloods.net for all the links for that. If you have a friend with a podcast app that you can subscribe them to our show, and then uh, just don't even make them aware of it. If they don't care about podcasts, but they have the app, throw us on there. That's right. What does it hurt? That's right. They might find something fun in their feed next right. time. If you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com. You can call us 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. Check us out on social networks. We are Brew Bloods on just about every single platform, uh, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Untapped. And we wrote show at gmail.com and you can follow Dustin at DWS9775. I am at the mark with a C on Twitter. And that's about it. I can't believe we've done 80 weeks of the show uh, without a break. But that's the commitment we have to you, the Brew Bloods P1. That shows how much we like to drink. <laughs> well, that might be a more important statement that we might need to seek out the 12 steps. There you go. All right, we'll catch you guys next week for episode 81 Brew Bloods. Probes. Probes. Uh-huh.